0: blessing. This is what we want to talk about, and I want to start this conversation in the book of Hebrews, and we want to look at Hebrews chapter 12, and the scripture uh, tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm going to start reading at verse 14, and we'll read a couple of these verses just to set the foundation for where we are going this evening. But it says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man will see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected because he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. The writer of the book of Hebrews speaks to the faith community. And in particularly, he's speaking to the faith community in light of the soon coming of the Lord Jesus. And he gives us a word of admonition that we should follow peace with all men and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. He goes on and he said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. If, if there is something that we in the body of Christ today need to recapture is an understanding of the grace of God. So often in a lot of preaching and teaching today, the focus tends to be placed on what we do or what we don't do or how we do not pray enough, how we do not fast enough. We, 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 we do not engage in spiritual warfare enough, and this is one of the reasons that the people of God don't walk in the blessing. This is a lot of what our teaching says today. This is some of the. These are some of the things that I believe the Spirit of God is trying to clear up in the minds and in the thinking of many of God's children is to recapture or be recaptured by an understanding of the grace of God. Scripture still says, "It's by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it." is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. So, we need to understand that our relationship with the Lord Jesus is based upon and rooted in the grace of God. Now, grace isn't a license to sin. Grace isn't a license to do anything that we want to do. Grace is actually a divine empowerment that enables us to walk in the righteousness of Christ. Stay with me. He said, Lest you fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. The birthright in Israel was a very powerful thing. The birthright was passed from father to son, the birthright. We know that God gave a promise to a man by the name of Abraham. Abraham, in turn, transferred that blessing, that birthright, to his son Isaac, who in turn was responsible to transfer the birthright to his son. And this is where we want to, this is what we want to look at. This this is where we want to look. So in Genesis chapter 31, we read. And he heard the words of Laban's sons saying, Jacob. Now, we're going to focus on Jacob tonight. Jacob is an interesting Old Testament character. Jacob is an interesting individual when you're reading through the biblical narrative. One of the things that I tend to stress to people is that when you're reading the scriptures, don't try to spiritualize things that ought not be spiritualized. Don't try to imagine that the scriptures are super deep or super spiritual, or or we're trying to make application of things where there is no application. When the scriptures present a story or present a narrative, such as we're reading in the Old Testament, you will find the understanding of the narrative explained in the context of the New Testament. So the Old Testament and the New Testament go hand in hand. We really can't understand the New Testament without some understanding of the Old Testament. And if we simply read the Old Testament without an understanding and a revelation of the New Testament, we just simply end up being able to talk about historical facts. And this is not what scripture is designed to do. Scripture is designed to bring us into an understanding and into a knowledge of the Lord Jesus so that we can walk again in the righteousness of Christ. So we're gonna look at some things in the life of Jacob and then we're gonna make the application as to how this impacts and plays itself out in our lives in the 21st century. But it said he, he heard the words of Laban's sons, saying, "Jacob has taken away all that are was our fathers, and of that which was our fathers, has he gotten all this glory? You see, Jacob was blessed by God. Hear me, Jacob was blessed by God, and as a result, Jacob." prosper. There's nothing wrong with biblical prosperity. Let me say let me say this again. There's absolutely nothing wrong with biblical prosperity. You see, the Father knows how to take care of his children. Now, there's a lot of people today who have become turned off to the very idea of prosperity because of extremes that have taken place within the body of Christ. That would make about as much sense as not going to a doctor because of medical malpractice by other physicians or not taking your car to a mechanic because a mechanic messed your car up or you you add in there what you need to put in there. You know, it's, it's like you don't go to attorneys because you knew an attorney or someone knew an attorney that was a crook. So you no longer go to attorneys. Well, the same thing holds true when it comes to understanding biblical prosperity. God is a God of prosperity. God desires for his children to prosper. So this this mentality that has been generated within the church, that the poorer you are or the more you suffer, the holier you are or the closer you are to God, because that's why you suffer, that is kind of some superstition that grew out of the dark ages And was really pushed through the Catholic Church and many people have bought into it and this is very prevalent today in a lot of churches and unfortunately is more prevalent in some churches in some communities more than others okay I'll leave it at that so he says this Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. And the Lord said unto Jacob, return unto your land, and your father's house, and to your kindred, and I will be with you. And Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field unto his flock. And this is at the end of the time that Jacob lived down with Laban. You remember the story when Jacob got married and Jacob loved Leah, but Leah was the younger daughter. And so Leah, so Jacob got tricked and he ended up marrying two women. He married Rachel and he married Leah and he had children by both. He also had children by their handmaids. This is where the sons of Israel come in. Jacob's name would later be turned to Israel. So when we're reading early in the Old Testament about the children of Israel, it's literally talking about Jacob's sons. Jacob's sons became the heads of the tribes of Israel. This is before they became known as the nation of Israel upon their exodus. This is, this is, hundreds of years before then, all right? So this is what we're looking at, Jacob. Here's what I want you to understand about Jacob. Jacob was born out of barrenness. Y'all stay with me. In Genesis chapter 25, we we, we read the story of Jacob finding his wife, Rebekah and in Genesis chapter 25, it says this. Y'all stay with me. Let me find my place. Verse 19, it says, these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padam Aram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. Now watch this. Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because (laughs) she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. This is Genesis chapter 25, verse 21. Isaac entreated the Lord because of his wife, Rebekah, because Rebekah was barren. To be barren simply means that you're sterile. A barren womb. Cannot produce offspring. Barrenness was considered to be part of the curse. So if a woman was barren and could not produce children, it was believed that she couldn't produce children because she is barren. The reason that she is barren is because she is cursed. God is punishing her This is why she's barren. What we're going to see in Scripture is that is not the case. Barrenness does mean that you're sterile and unfruitful. But I want you to note something about God dealing with these women. Let me throw this in while I'm at it. When you're reading scripture, additionally, you will often find that the women that God is dealing with are either a type and shadow of the church, or there is some teaching that is being established through this woman's life. Stay with me. You will remember that Abram married Sarai. And the scripture says that Sarai was an old woman. She was past the years of childbearing. Sarai also was barren. So it seems that a number of the individuals that God would speak to to take a wife, their wives were barren. So why would God take barren wombs and then have patriarchs marry women who had barren wombs? because there is something that the Father wants us to understand about how to move from barrenness to blessing. Many of the people of God are living in a place of barrenness. They're not producing fruit. It could be in their ministry. Their ministry is fruitless. Uh, It could just simply be their lives. They're not bringing forth the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus says, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you so that you can bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. But many people are living frustrated Christian lives because they're not bringing forth fruit. Listen to me they're not bringing forth, the reason they're not bringing forth fruit is not because of the devil. I I, I have to go here. You know, I I, I have to go here. because typically this is, this is a lot of what I hear being preached and being taught, that the reason Christians aren't, for fruit, aren't fruitful, the reason that their purpose isn't being realized, the reason that these things aren't happening is it's because of the devil. Let me remind you that the devil is defeated. If you haven't heard that this week, you've heard it now the devil is defeated. You need to tell yourself that every morning that you wake up, my enemy, the devil, is defeated. That I have been placed in Christ and Christ is in me. I am not a victim. I am a victor. Y'all stay with me. Y'all stay with me now. See, it's 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 a lot of this superstition and religious teaching that actually keeps people in a state of barrenness. It's not the devil. All right, let me keep going. Sarai was was barren. What is it? with barren wounds. What is it that the Lord is trying to help us understand when it comes to barrenness? Let me fast forward to the prophet Isaiah in the 54th chapter and verse 1. This is what scripture says. Sing, O barren, you that did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You that did not travail with child because more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. This is the prophet Isaiah, and Isaiah is literally going back and talking about these experiences mm, 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 with the wives of the patriarchs. My, 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 my. Sing, O barren. So Peter tells us, the apostle Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, he said, if these things be in you and they abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If these things be in you, they make you. <laughs> that you neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Well, what things is he encouraging us to be in to, to, to these things? Listen to this. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according, now listen, as his divine power. See, somewhere we have to get an understanding that the power of God is not some far off distant energy that if we break through the heavens and do all of the right stuff, we have access to the power of God. The power of God is in you. The power of God is what produced the new birth. The power of God is what made you a new creature in Christ. So we somehow have to get this religious idea out of our mind that God is somewhere afar off distant, and that's where his power is, and we got to pray through to get the power. That's not what scripture teaches. All right, here we go. But it says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory And virtue. What does it say? It says that God's divine power has given unto us all things that pertain. Stay with me now. Remember, Esau, the scripture says, sold his birthright for just a morsel of bread, for temporary satisfaction, for temporary sustenance, for Just another day, Esau sold his birthright. Part of the birthright is what we receive as an inheritance through God's divine power. Oh, I hope y'all are getting this. God's divine power. According as his divine power has given unto us. That's present. Past tense. God has given you already all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So stop asking God to send his anointing. You have the anointing. Stop asking God to send his power. You have the power. Stop asking God to send the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago, and the Holy Spirit has never left. Now, I know this is not what some of our churches teach, but it could be why so many of them are barren. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby, watch, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust this is what we're going to be talking about and looking at and going from barrenness to blessing we have to understand how to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust and god has given us this knowledge now stay with me his divine power has given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises Have you ever really taken the time to look through the word and find out what God has promised you as a believer? What has God promised you as a child of God? See, Hebrews tells us, Hebrews 11, that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen, right? Faith, that's faith. He that comes to God must believe a, a few things. Number one, he must believe that God is. That's number one. He must believe God is. Not that God was, not that God shall be, God is. Is This is why God always speaks of himself as the I am, not the I was, not the I shall be. This is why I don't believe in keeping people in suspended animation, talking about what God is getting ready to do. God has done everything he's going to do. (laughs) <laughs> oh, this is good. God has done everything he's going to do. And then he's given us exceeding great and precious promises so that by these. Now watch. You might be partakers of the divine nature. Don't get nervous. You know how, how, how we love to say, well, you know, I'm only human. I'm only human. Oh, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You know, we got all these little religious stuff that we picked up in mama and them's church. And the thing is bad. Mama and them, they still talking the same stuff. But it says that God has given us these exceeding great and precious promises so that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Do you understand that when you were born again, you became a partaker of the divine nature, that the nature of God, it's the nature of God that brought you into being. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become brand new. This is where I always say, this is why a Christian cannot be operating in a generational curse. They're a new creature in Christ. And God has given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, so that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Watch. And beside this, giving all diligence. Now, there's some things we have to do. We have to add to our faith. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> virtue and to virtue, knowledge. Now, now, no, 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 listen, it talks about, first of all, what God has done. Then it says to us, and beside this giving our diligence, we give the diligence, we have to add to our faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. That's love. For if these things be in you mm, and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. In other words, if we're not adding these things so that we can become Fruitful, we're going to end up walking in spiritual blindness, and we're going to forget that when we were born again, when we accepted Christ, when we were baptized into Christ, we mm, 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 were purged, we were cleansed from our old sins. This is what a song says I am cleansed, I am washed, I am sanctified, I am Holy Ghost filled, and fire baptized. You see, this is not what God is going to do. This is what he's already done. This is who you already are. You're not going to be a child of God. You are a child of God. But let me me keep going. Let me keep going. If you lack these things, you are blind. Peter goes on and tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, 23, being born again. See, sometimes we just need to go back to the foundation. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. When you were born again, you were not born of the corruptible seed of Adam. You were born of the incorruptible seed of Christ, which is why you have the divine nature living on the inside of you. The conflict we are going to discover is a conflict of natures, the divine nature versus the corruptible nature. It's, it's, it's the old adage of walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh. This is not a battle with the devil. This is walking in your reborn, recreated human spirit, which is indwelt by the spirit of God versus walking according to your corrupt flesh. The flesh is the flesh and will always be the flesh. That which is born of the flesh, it's flesh. When you were born again, the flesh didn't change. You don't need the devil to make you live in the flesh. All you need to do is to ignore the life of the spirit. You'll fulfill the lust of the flesh. Y'all stay with me now. (laughs) Moving right along. Jacob, you will remember, had a twin. Let's, let's go back to Genesis chapter 25. Y'all thought I forgot about Jacob, right? I didn't forget. Genesis chapter 25. Remember, Isaac entreated the Lord because of his wife, because she, Rebecca, was barren. And it says in verse 22, and the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, Why am I experiencing this if God's blessing is upon my life? And if I've been begotten of God and if God is working and, 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 and God is, is honoring the prayer of my husband, why am I experiencing this struggle? Oh my, on the inside, did you ever feel as a born again believer, if you're blessed If you're filled with the Holy Ghost and with his power, and if you are anointed by God, and if the scriptures are true that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his ways, and and you're reading all of these wonderful things in the Word of God, but you find within yourself there's a struggle going on. I have to say this again. The struggle is not with the devil. That's the first thing that you need to understand. Because as long as you feel as though your struggle is against the devil, you are always going to be of the opinion that the devil is God's match, that, that, that somehow God has, has, has to go through this tremendous battle to get you free from the devil. Listen. God has already freed you from the devil. You were freed from the devil when you were placed in Christ. The devil isn't a problem. (laughs) The devil is not a problem. You've been given power and authority over the devil. The devil isn't a problem. The problem is the struggle that goes on in the life of the believer. Y'all stay with me. And so this is what the Lord says to Rebecca, he said, listen, two nations are in your womb. Now she was barren. She gets pregnant, but now she has two nations in her womb. Two manner of people will be separated from your bowels. The one people will be stronger than the other and the elder will serve the younger. What does it say? Two nations are in your womb and two manner of people. I only want to talk about the manner of people. You've got two manner, two types of people coming out of one womb. (laughs) Y'all stay with me. This is one person with two nations in them, and two manner of people. They're different. They're different, but they're twins. Oh my. <laughs> Did you know you have a twin living on the inside of you? Your struggle is a result of your twin. There's two manner of people in the womb. Of Rebecca. Jesus answered and said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see or perceive the kingdom of God. It's the new birth that becomes the source of the struggle within the believer. Your struggles. Of this nature didn't even begin until you got born again because until you were born again you were just one manner a person (laughs) you were just someone born in Adam that's all you were yeah it's 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 the old and the new so when you got born again now you've become a partaker Of the divine nature. Now, all of a sudden, you begin to realize that there is this struggle that is taking place on the inside of you. This struggle didn't even manifest until you got born again. It's not the devil, it's an issue of nature. Watch. Paul says, For we know that the law is spiritual, (laughs) but I am carnal. I am sold under sin. Read Romans chapter seven, verses 14 through 20 sometime. And Paul begins to talk about this struggle that's taking place within the life of the believer. And Paul deals with this struggle. And Paul goes into this struggle. And many people, uh, Read into this and say, Well, see, Paul, even Paul was subject to his flesh. No, he wasn't. Paul was referencing what he experienced as a result of his encounter with the resurrected Christ. He says in Galatians chapter 5, he said, The flesh lust, <laughs> the flesh lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. That's Galatians chapter 5 verse 17. Now again, this is not Paul saying, as long as you live the Christian life, you will never be able to do what you want to do when it comes to the things of God, because the flesh is stronger than the spirit. That's not what Paul is saying. Paul is simply saying that there is this war that's going on on the inside. There's a war in your members. Your flesh is lusting against the spirit Once you were born of the Spirit, now your Spirit is alive, and the flesh is lusting against the things of the Spirit, and the Spirit is lusting against the things of the flesh, these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would want to do. Well, you can only not do those things if you don't do the rest of what Paul Encourages us to do in the book of Romans, in the book of Galatians. See, we will always walk after the flesh. You can be a born again child of God and still walk according to the flesh.